I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm, I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this is PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? Ah, Andrew! <laughs> There's so much going on in the NBA. That game, that game five, not only was it a great game, but like it, it produced like content for years. I mean, it yeah. was crazy. Yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of a bummer that like the ga- no one's really talking about the game. Like, <laughs> I actually I just saw that the NBA came out and said that Mark Gasol should have gotten two free throws with like 49 seconds left. Oh boy! So that's like the only thing about the game that I've heard in the past couple <laughs> days. <laughs> I know. Yeah, the only thing you hear about is that or the timeout that Nick Nurse took, and like that's really all that you hear. Yes, which apparently Kyle Lowry took. Oh, of course. Yeah. But yeah, it was such an incredible game. I mean, when KD went down, I I just I assumed it was over. Um and yeah. the and I when they were down by 6 and there was a moment when the Raptors had the ball up 6. Yeah. With like a couple minutes left. And so you're thinking like, "Oh, this is like how could they possibly come back here? And I was just rooting. I just wanted to see something crazy. Mm-hmm. And then we we got exactly that. The Warriors ran like those classic Warriors plays. That The way that Steph runs off of curls and just like oh, knows he's going to shoot it. Right. He's, there's like no other option. He's going to get the ball and he's going to shoot it. It doesn't matter how close his defender stuck to him. Like I just I wouldn't I have never had that confidence about anything in my life. He's terrifying. I yeah. mean, it would. It was very. And Royce tweeted about this. It was like very game six ish, um, with Thunder Warriors 2016, where it's like, I, I don't know. It it was just shocking. Like even watching on TV, like when it was over, I was just like, oh, well that that's it. Like right. Like they they lost. I just thought I just had the belief that they were going to win, and when they didn't, it was just almost like it was just weird. Um, and then the rest of the night continued to be weird. Kevin goes out. I mean, you see the replay, and you see like the ripple that goes up his calf, and the way that it was non-contact, like everything. Like, I mean, Reggie Miller would have definitely gotten it right if he was on the broadcast this time that it was a, a torn Achilles. <laughs> Is that what he said last time in yeah. the Houston series? Yeah. And that's what everybody thought, and he was, like, all but confirming it, and then it wasn't the case. Uh, I guess a question that everybody's trying to answer is, where do you stand, Alex, on whose fault is this? Did the Warriors push Kevin too hard? Is Kevin a man making his own decisions? Where do you stand on all of this? Uh, so I've I've been I've been reviewing the data, Andrew, trying to figure out who to blame. 
I was I was just reading that Tim Kawakami article. Um, did oh, you yeah. hear about that article? Oh, I read it. Everybody's so pissed about it. Yeah, and I, I I hadn't read it yet, so I just read it this morning. And like honestly, most of it is more just like, oh, I wonder why he's not back, but there's probably a good reason. But then at the very end, like he even says, it's probably a bit cynical to even attempt to analyze like why Katie hasn't come back. But then he ends it with, but ask yourself this, if Thompson or Looney or Curry or Green or Andre Udala had this injury 30 days ago, would the Warriors still be waiting for them? <laughs> Which, like, I'm guessing that's why people are mad at him. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't blame KD, and I really don't like when people say, like, you've never played sports. Like, he obviously wanted to get back as hard as he could. Like, that really shouldn't play a huge role in him coming back. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we heard the same things about Clay Thompson in Game 3. Like right. game, like Clay is pushing as hard as he can to get back. He really, he's trying to convince the coaches, and but they still didn't let him do it. So like ultimately, that really shouldn't factor in. So it has to be on the medical staff and ultimately who made the decision. Which everything indicates that it was more of like an upper management decision, mm-hmm. um, even from upper management. <laughs> right. I mean, Oh he did gosh. say he did say that we could blame him. We can talk about that here in a second. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, at this point, it doesn't really matter. I like it's not like anything's going to happen to the Warriors. I don't think that even if it came out that there was a mishandling of this, that that's really going to change their future. Like Clay's all of a sudden not going to want to sign a max with them, or Draymond's mm-hmm. not going to want to stay, or they're not going to be able to get free agents in the future. Um. I think it's obvious that they made some kind of mistake at some point along the way here, but it's just, there's nothing to do about it at this point. Yeah. I I don't know how to analyze it myself. I don't, I mean, obviously we have tons of just incomplete information, um, but what's kind of crazy is like these guys are coming back like pretty quickly. Like even clay coming back, he missed a game, but like, that were the regular season, like he would have missed like the two or three weeks probably with the kind of injury that he's had. And he's continuing to play on it. Kevon Looney, everybody thought that he was done, like done. And he's like, oh no, he's going to come back. Like, what? <laughs> and now he's going to come back again. Again? Wait, he broke his collarbone again? And he's, wait, what? And so like it just, I, I don't know what to think about that and then kevin comes back and then immediately i mean and some people are like yeah he played 12 of the first 14 minutes of the game like why did you have to do that i think that's a legitimate question like he's he hadn't played in a month and you're gonna play him 12 of the first 14 minutes of the game i mean that's crazy it ended up impacting like if the warriors somehow pulled this off like those minutes mattered um quite a bit because he didn't play those minutes they probably don't win the game uh but it's still like it's just weird and then and then the bob myers press conference i believe he's sad i think um i just it it just made me feel weird watching him like i think bob myers is a good guy i think that he's very intelligent i 
I it, but I just like I've watched it a couple times and I'm just it just leaves me with just this kind of sick, strange feeling. I don't I don't really even know what I think about it to be honest. Yeah, it's tough because if you were in his position and you knew that you or you felt like you were doing the right thing going into it, which he may have felt. I mean, they're they're probably talking to their doctors. And if it's true that their doctors told KD, like, there's nothing you can do mm-hmm. to make this worse. Um, he probably felt like he was doing the right thing. And but now he he clearly understood that he played some role in KD coming back, mm-hmm. which was obviously sooner than he should have. So, like, I don't know how you react in that moment if you're Bob Myers, like knowing that you played some role in what is going to probably be a career altering injury, even if it's just, he just misses the next year. Um, I, I, I don't know that there's any good way to like have that press conference. He probably did the best he could because, you know, the other option would him going out there and kind of defending himself, which mm-hmm. he really didn't do. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird situation. And I, like I get it trying to push him forward because what we've been talking about this whole time is like the Warriors legacy and how like them winning the three Pete is like a pretty big deal when putting them in historical context yeah. and like how huge of a mark on their legacy that would be. So I totally get why they would want to rush Kevin Durant back. And I totally get why if they're getting any indication from their doctors that it's probably fine that they're going to do it. Yeah, um, it just turned out awful, and I, I don't know what you say. <laughs> he probably did as better, best as he could. Yeah, it was, it it's. I don't know. It was just, it, it just. I don't know. I don't. I'm struggling with how genuine I believe it is. That's what I'm struggling with. Yeah, like I think it is, but there's just part of me that watches it and. And it's like, I just don't know. Like, I just don't know. <laughs> okay, so let, I have a little, I have a thing to say that I feel weird about myself. Okay. Because I'll be honest, I feel a little disingenuous as a Thunder fan suddenly acting like I care so deeply about Kevin Durant. <laughs> like, <laughs> I get it that at some level we all consider ourselves decent human beings. So, like, we see an athlete get hurt, we feel bad for them. I get that. Yeah. On, on the other hand, if we're being honest... We've been pretty aggressively hating on this guy yeah. for three years, calling him a snake, questioning his mental state, making fun of him whenever we can. And I'm not even saying that was unjustified. It still really sucks that he went to the 73-win team that beat us. Mm-hmm. But it just feels a little dishonest for me to now act like I care so deeply about his pain and anguish. <laughs> it's, it's like if you've ever played a game, like any type of game, against a bully – like someone who's just being a jerk the whole time. They're talking trash to you, but like not in a good-natured way. Yeah. And and then they come up to you at the end of the game, and they're like, hey, man, good game. It's like, no, you don't get to do that now. <laughs> you don't get to be awful to me this whole time and then just think everything's cool when it's over. Like if I was KD right now, I'd be like, screw all of you people. <laughs> like none of, none of you cared about me until I got injured. And even now – we're only acting like we care because the Warriors are the only thing we hate more than him. Right. You know, like, and I get that we're dancing on this line between like sports hate and real hate. Like yeah. most Thunder fans would say like, like, I don't actually hate Kevin Durant as a person. Mm-hmm. I just sports hate him because of what he did in leaving. Mm-hmm. 
But it just feels weird for me, the guy who's been yelling for three years, that this guy literally ruined the sport that I love. And then I'm suddenly going to be tweeting like, oh, man, I feel so bad for Kevin. The guy just loves basketball. You know, they, took away, they took away his one true love. You know? <laughs> I think the most honest thing for me to do would be just to like keep my mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I, I just like for me, it's just like not like this. Like I want to see them lose. Like that's what I want to see. <laughs> You, know? you want to see him humiliated in a non-injury. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I would love to see them lose in seven to the Raptors with Kevin on the floor. That's right. what I. That's what I'd really like to see. Or if he like just doesn't come back at all, but like not like this. Like this. This sucks. Like he is. He's in real jeopardy of. We're. I mean, and also, like, the NBA viewing public is in jeopardy of not seeing another minute of Kevin Durant's prime, in which we've been robbed of already because of his decision to go to the Warriors, because we haven't really seen a prime Kevin Durant. We've seen a subdued Kevin Durant on the Warriors because he's playing with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, you know? Um, yeah. And so, I, I, and there's a chance that he doesn't come back the same. He will likely miss all of next season. He will be coming off an Achilles tear into his year 32. Like, right. Like, that's terrifying. And I know you were making fun of, like, the, the history of Achilles tears and, like, <laughs> like evaluating it. And it's, yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't use it as, like, a pure prediction tool. Um, but you can look at it and say, like, yeah, pretty much none of these guys were the same, you know. Uh, yeah, that, that is my least favorite thing <laughs> <laughs> about when these injuries happen. They give you the list of everyone who's ever had this exact same injury, and now, and then you feel like you can somehow correctly predict <laughs> when Katie will come back. And maybe yeah. it's because we've we've had so many Achilles tears recently. Like you think about it with Rudy Gay, Boogie, and then Kobe. Like that's I've read this article now like four times in the past seven years. <laughs> now, if there was a new injury, Andrew, like sign me up. Like if there's something I hadn't like if a guy's <laughs> if a guy's head fell off, I would definitely want to read the article about other NBA players whose head fell off. That would be very informative for me. <laughs> but at this point, I feel like every NBA fan is basically an expert on Achilles tears, right? ACL tears <laughs> and patellar tendon tears. I know. Like I, you can you can probably name like off the top of your head like a bunch of Achilles tears. You can probably name a bunch of ACL tears, and we we already know all this. Like mm -hmm. I know so much about Dominique Wilkins, right? Yeah, I mean, and he was thirty two, and he came back, and he was fine. You know, for a little bit, he played well. Elton Brand was done. He signed that deal with the Sixers, and he was toast. Uh, Chauncey Billups pretty much the same was not very good after Wes Matthews is kind of an interesting one. He was 28 when he tore it. I didn't realize he was that young when he tore it. Uh, but he's been, he's not the same guy, but he's able to have a good NBA career. Like I think Kevin's going to come back and he's going to play, you know, he's going to be a good NBA player just because he can flat out shoot the basketball. But like what distinguishes like a, a good player, even like a, a star from like a superstar, a top five level players, top really everybody considered him to be the best player in the NBA. 
you know, through these playoffs. And to be that, like, you have to be able to put the ball on the floor. You have to have that burst of speed. You have to have that burst of the red. Like, will he have that? And I think that's the question is, like, is Kevin going to be, like, the best stretch forward to ever play the game? Or is he going to be, like, the best player to play the game? You know? Yeah. Um, he'll be one of those. I don't think he's going to lose a tremendous amount of value. But he's it's, go- it's going to be diminished. I think we I think we do know that. To what degree, I don't know. Maybe it's not much. You know, maybe he comes back and he's, you know, 95% Kevin, which would be amazing. Um, but if he's like 75% of what he was, like, I mean, that's really, I mean, it's honestly, it's disappointing. Because I, as much as I don't like Kevin and the decisions that he's made and the countless things you can make fun of with burner accounts and whatever. Like he's, he's really, it's fun to watch him play basketball. And I think it would be really fun next year to watch him play on the Knicks or the Nets or wherever he goes and, you know, average 38 points a game, you know? Yeah. And see him do that. And now we won't see that. And I don't, I mean, it's hard to say that we will ever see it again. So that's, that's where I'm just like, not like this. You know, yeah. Like, and it, it, the other thing about this is it's opened up this nightmare scenario where he might just decide to take his player option with the Warriors, stay there for one more year while he just rehabs. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it with Boogie. Like, KD could maybe come back by next playoffs and give them like quality minutes. It's possible. Like, it wouldn't take much for Durant to like offer up something of value on the court, even if he's limited in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so who knows? Like that's what I'm worried about. We're going to have to watch the Warriors again. I know. I know. Same here. Um, Cause I do think he's going to come back. Like I was reading an article uh, and it was a bunch of quotes from Dominique Wilkins and basically, he was just like, yeah, I just had to change my game. I was more ground-focused. I just had to learn different moves. And, like, all those things that KD does in the post, like the Dirk shot and all those type of fadeaways, like, yeah. he's still he's still going to be doing all of that. Yeah, I think he's still going to have that really good footwork. He might lose some of his explosiveness, but that's never really what I thought of when I thought about Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. It's just the off-the-dribble stuff. Right, true. Which is... Which are, I mean, it requires a. You have to have a pretty quick first step, and as a seven, also being a seven footer and having that injury, I mean, like I think probably with every player, you're in uncharted territory with like what happens with them when they come back because like everybody is so different. Like all those guys I mentioned, like Demarcus Cousins, Rudy Gay, Wes Matthews, you know, Kobe Bryant, Chauncey Billups, Elton Brand, like all those guys are extremely different body types. You know, like none of them are really equivalents. Uh, and they all came back different. And they're also like none of them are as good as Kevin Durant or as skilled as Kevin Durant. And so you have to wonder. And and, and we still don't know. Like there's people speculating that based on the way he was moving his foot when he was on the ground that he might just have a partial tear. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea how that changes things, but it sounds better than a full tear. So, you know, like maybe it's not as bad as we think. I'm sure we're going to find out before uh, game six. Yeah. 
Uh, Kendrick Perkins thinks that uh, if he played for the Thunder, none of this would ever happen. <laughs> Didn't this scenario sort of happen <laughs> in OKC at some point? Yeah, they would just send him to a surgeon that would put a, a weird screw in his <laughs> in his Achilles or something. There'd be a loose stitch or there'd be something strange. I mean, what is, what's Perk doing? What's he doing? He's trying to get a long-term job. Yeah. You got, you got to have, you got to throw out some takes, man. He's throwing <laughs> out takes. Let me see. Perk can't come out and be like, Ooh, I really need to uh, wait a few days and let this all sink in and <laughs> give you guys my rational level-headed opinion on all of this. I don't know that he has any of those. <laughs> yeah so he tweeted i know one thing with the number one which he didn't really need because he's not trying to save characters anyways <laughs> i know one thing okay see thunder wouldn't have let him play and wouldn't have cared what katie wanted to do exclamation point I, I, it's hard to say that because the thunder have never been in that position well, I mean, actually, I guess they were with Surge. Yeah, yeah, they were with Surge against the Spurs. That's true, mm. and Surge played. Yeah, Looney is so, another example. It's no way in hell that man should have been playing after the first time he got injured. <laughs> Who's also up for a big payday? Players better wake up and start protecting themselves because when a team is done using you, they can care less about you. Wow. I mean, it is nice that uh, Perk still seems to like our organization. He, he did, did give them a little shout out there. He does know Mark Bryant's gone as well. I'm sure, oh, okay. I'm sure he's privy to that information. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, and I don't remember the the story with the surge thing. I do remember that when it happened, they basically ruled him out Yeah, for the rest of the playoffs, which some people are suggesting the Warriors should have done that just to take some of that pressure off. And maybe you don't get, right. I mean, honestly, that honestly, that only would stop like a Kawakami article. Like, I don't know what the difference that would really make, but maybe people aren't speculating as much. Well, I mean, I like it's, it's not even just people. It's the team. I mean, there was noise within the team that they were anxious about it, like the players were. Right, like, that, like just that they didn't have, they like, didn't feel like they were getting all the information. Yeah, they didn't feel like they knew when he was coming back. That yeah. was like the one, a big part of the, the Kawakami article is that like, like we we know all these guys are fighting through stuff. We We don't know when Kevin's coming back or what, I mean, they see him practicing, they see him uh you know doing work on the court but they i mean the the real news out of that was like they just didn't know and i i just do wonder if there was pressure coming from warriors players and warriors you know front office people about him playing to maybe not even to kevin's face but like to his agent or to you know his brother whoever's around you know like you just wonder if that was happening um and, there, and there's, there's people that would suggest that was happening, that the Warriors did pressure Kevin, and that led to his decision to come back. Yeah, there was one tweet uh, on, when was that, Monday night, that really stuck out to me. It was from Anthony Slater. Mm -hmm. And he tweeted out right after the injury. And it was one of those tweets where you're like, there's, there's way more details here that you're not telling us. 
He said, some criticism coming the Warriors' direction for the pressurized internal and external decision to rush Kevin Durant back into the series. And he said that, like, right after the injury happened. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't, like, followed up on it. Like, what does internal pressure mean? Like, we get the external one, but, like, who specifically within the organization? Because clearly he knows, but... So I'm just kind of waiting, because I feel like a lot of this stuff is going to come out. Yeah. Um, not that it'll if, make... It, if, Kevin, if Kevin leaves, it will come out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, if Kevin or his agent feel in any way that he was, like, directly harmed by the organization, I feel like we'll, we're going to find out. Yeah. It's so crazy. Uh, what did you think about the? Uh, are you about to do an ad read or? No, no, no. Oh, uh, the Toronto fans. Yeah, that's it's funny. Like, there's two narratives that have been flipped on their heads. One is like everybody loves Kevin Durant now, and like everybody hated him. And then like it was everybody loved the Toronto fans in Toronto, and like everybody likes let's do this for the Raptors fans. Like this is awesome. And like now it's like wow, the Raptors fans are the worst people in the world. Like why would we want this for them? Uh, and it's been flipped pretty quickly. I don't know. I mean they're in the heat of the moment. You're in this like charged up. You think your team's going to win the championship, you know, that night. And probably everybody had plans for them to win it that night. And Kevin gets hurt. They probably don't know the extent of the injury. You know, just standing there on the court. Um, and they wave bye to him. I mean, it's not a good look, obviously. But, I mean, I I don't know that Thunder fans would have reacted differently. I'll say that. No. Like, what? I don't know what your first thought was when you saw KD go down. But I literally turned to my wife and said, game over. Like, yeah, I, I I thought the series was over at that moment because I I didn't had no idea what the severity of it was, but even if it was just a tweak, which is kind of what I thought it was, he wasn't going to come back in that game, and so in my mind I'm thinking the Raptors just won this the ring like they got it, and so now imagine that like you're a fan of a team who's had years and years of disappointing playoff exits. I know this is hard to imagine. Just try it. <laughs> you get to the precipice of winning the NBA Finals and something happens in a deciding game that in your mind basically guarantees that your team is going to win. Like with very few exceptions, my initial reaction is probably going to be like excitement. Whether, yeah. whether, and, it, and it doesn't make it right. It still looks bad. But in that moment, I'm not going to have – I'm not going to be able to like have this sober – level-headed, decent human being reaction. Right. Especially when you're surrounded by other fans. Now, I definitely... So that part of it, like, I get. That initial, like, five seconds of cheering, like, I get it. Yeah. There was other stuff that has since come out that is, like, way worse. Like, there, I watched a video of Toronto fans basically harassing Steph Curry's mom at the airport. Or, I mean, at the hotel. Okay. Like, cursing at her. Like... F you, F you. Like, his mom. (laughs) I don't know why. That is not okay. That is not okay. And then in uh, Jurassic Park, you can watch the video of when the injury happened, and they started an F-U-K-D chant. Wow. So, like, that kind of stuff. It was like, okay, eventually you cross the line. Eventually you have to snap back to reality, (laughs) which which most of the fans in the arena did. Like, they They started – cheering and then saying chanting for KD. Yeah. And I think that if that had been a 
an injury as gruesome as like Paul George, I don't think that happens. Right. If it was you apparent know? what was going on, because it, right. I mean, all of us have the ability to follow on Twitter and watch the game and get news coming through. When you're in the arena, for the most part, you don't have that. You don't have the same experience, and you don't have the benefit of having information being fed to you throughout a game. You, know, you just what you see is what you get, kind of thing. So, yeah. like, it was stupid, but like, honestly, like, yelling as loud as you can when a basketball goes through a hoop is also stupid. You know, like when it comes down to it, like, it's all just crazy. And like, I don't. I don't know. I think people people are looking for something to take too seriously, in my opinion, like in life all around. Like, what what can I be offended by? What can I take too seriously? And like, that's something that I think people are just taking way too seriously. I don't I don't think those Raptors fans meant anything malicious toward anybody. I think they were just being stupid, as everybody is during an NBA basketball game. There was like a 24-hour period where every Reddit post – was just how terrible Toronto is as yeah. a city. Just the terrible breed of people yeah. that they make up there. Whereas, like, I know this would happen at any arena oh. in, in in that exact situation. Yeah, of course. I mean, who, imagine if KD had gotten hurt at that first game back in OKC, like the cupcake game. Oh, it would have been brutal. I mean, they would have – yeah. I mean, it's – there's no question. You're in an environment that's that like emotionally charged where it's like we're going to win the NBA championship. We could do it tonight. And then like your chances increase after some guy gets hurt. Like I don't know. Like, I I can't I can't say that that you know it was good, but it's it's just is what it is. So how are you feeling about the uh, rest of the series? I think that the the Raptors are going to win. Yeah, I think they'll win. T- uh, when do they play? Tomorrow night, Thursday night. Uh, Thursday, yeah. Yeah, I think that the Raptors will win Thursday in the last game in Oakland. You know what take I don't like because I hear it every. Are you? No, go you ahead. got okay. I was going to say the take that I hear all the time right now that I can't stand is when when people say, "Well." You know, if the Warriors can just win game six at home, anything can happen in game seven. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. As if, like, anything cannot happen in game six. Anything can happen in game six, Andrew. (laughs) Game seven is the only time when anything could happen. What's uh, what's Kevon Looney's status for the game? He's back. He's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Instantly healed. Yeah, that was weird because... Yeah, he had some quote like, uh, yeah, they were wor- way more worried about it than I was. I felt fine. What is, what, what is happening? Like, I, don't, I don't know. I don't get it. I just don't. I mean, the Kavon Looney stuff is baffling. I don't know if people don't care about Kavon Looney, but like he matters in the series. Yeah, it does feel weird how everyone – I heard uh, Ryan Rossillo on, on Bill Simmons' pod talking about like what a warrior, like in the in the literal sense – Kevon Looney was like grimacing up and down like right when we got done talking about how like they shouldn't have paid Kevin Durant unless he was 100% because we don't want to like risk his future like we right. we do like glorify this type of player oh for sure all and, the time and and for good reason cuz like yeah it shows a lot of heart and grit to come back and play but 
especially for someone like Kevon Looney, who potentially has a big deal on the line this summer. Mm-hmm. Like you'd also you'd also totally get it if he didn't play the rest of the series. Right. Um, I think everybody started to question like Kevin's free agency after the injury too. I think that was like the very first conversation that happened. Like, what's going to happen with this free agency? Everybody's and then. I don't know why people thought that he would do this, but people like he's totally going to opt in now, right? He's going to opt in that. Like, no, like, and Woj just said it this morning that that's the last. It's like this last resort is to opt in. He's going to get the max. There are teams that are going to line up to give him the max. The Knicks, the Nets, the Clippers, the Lakers will all give him the max. You know, I mean, there's just no question that they will do that, and so. To me, it just it's an interesting. It'll be interesting to see who they can get to come with him now, if he's going to go. Because if you're Kimba Walker, maybe you do want to do this, but do you, would you want to have an entire year where you're just on your own in New York, you know, <laughs> without Kevin? Well, he'd be pretty pretty good at it. He's pretty used to it. <laughs> yeah. Would you just like to just change clothes and just do the <laughs> same thing again? Because uh, it would be very similar. And then, like, the Anthony Davis stuff is complicated by it, too, because, like, New York yeah. is, on, is on his list. And if they trade for him, they're like, yeah, we, we've got Kevin, but you know, he's coming back. And, we, you know, but, uh, Dominic Wilkins. And, like, we just don't really. And, I mean, it complicates it. I'm I'm so glad the thunder are where they are this summer. Like even with all the tax concerns, even with them trying to shed money, like if I was a team with two max slots right now, I'd be so terrified Oh man! because <laughs> there is so many different scenarios and Katie getting hurt, changed those scenarios so significantly. It, it's, it's a league changing injury in a lot of ways. Um, it's, it's crazy. Cause I mean, even if he decides to go, Back to the Warriors, which I still just don't think will happen. But if he decides to do that, I mean, they will have, like, no mechanism to get better, like, cap-wise, if you re-sign Kevin to the max. And then, like, next season, like, maybe Kevin can come back next season. Like, that's that's possible. They rush him back again. Of course, it's the Warriors are going to rush somebody back. Um, it's just... I, I don't know. I mean, it's it is league altering, and I I think that it it's just makes everything way more complicated. For it just is complicating, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a wild summer. And I think it's whatever happens. I think it's gonna be strange. It's just gonna feel strange. Like oh, Kevin Durant signs a f- four year max deal with the Knicks, and he plans to start. He's plans to start his rehab today. It's like oh, like that's it's just weird. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about the Woj uh, rumors with the Thunder? Sure. Yeah. So ESPN did a uh, mock draft last night with you know Bobby Marks and Mike Schmitz <laughs> and uh, Jay Williams and Woj. When they got to the twenty-first pick, he basically said, "Okay, he's going to be very aggressive with this pick. They're in absolute win-now mode. They're going to try to get better with veterans," which. All of those things are things we either knew or suspected, but when when Woj says it, yeah, it, feel, it feels different. <laughs> and it sounds so much better than what was printed in the uh, yeah, in the that's athletic. true. 
Yeah. It was like the Thunder are looking to shed salary with the 21st pick. And that yeah, just, sh- that, Shams is just like glass half empty, you know. <laughs> Woj is glass half full. Cuz if like if the if the report last week was the Thunder are going to you be aggressive with this pick and they're looking to add veterans. Like that's like that's celebration. Like great. Yeah. yeah. They should have been doing this for a long time. Great. You know they should have done this last year. Like they should have more veterans. Awesome. And that's what I mean. We've been saying it since the moment that they lost. Like, what do they need next year? Like, they need veteran wings. They need veteran players that can that you trust. Because when it got to the end of the season, the number of players that you could trust out on the floor was it was min- it was minimal. Yeah. So I'm, I'm and I'm really excited just because we're going to find out within a week. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to find out a lot of stuff within a week. I know. Uh, th- you guys should join us for our draft party. It's at the Banquet Cinema Pub at six o'clock. We'll be there June twentieth. It's next Thursday. Uh, it's a week away, and you guys should come hang out with us. It's, it, the draft, I think, is going to be kind of crazy because one, I think that we know who the top two guys are, and probably the top three. But the Knicks could trade that pick. Anthony Davis trade could go down that night. There's just a lot of things that are going to be happening, and you can do it amongst friends. You can do it while you're watching it on a movie theater screen, uh, and you can also have a chance to win a prize pack if you go to downtodunk.com and you submit your own mock draft. And so just go in there. There's two options. I think there's one where you can enter in the name for each person in the first round, and there's one where you can drag the names to the correct spots. So... Go do that today. Uh, the prize pack will will be from the press and the mule is going to give a gift card. I've got a gift card from the tap room at Anthem Brewing. Banco Cinema Pub is going to give one. Oklahoma Shirt Company is going to give a prize pack. So it's going to be like a really nice prize package if you live in OKC or even Tulsa. Like you could come and like have like a really awesome weekend in Oklahoma City um, if you if you win this. So. Be sure that you're there. You have to be present to win, even if you have a perfect mock draft, which I think will be nearly impossible because I just don't think anybody knows where anybody's going after the second pick or the third pick. Um, but fill that out. Who knows? You could be the winner, and you could have these wonderful prizes in your hand in about a week. So come join us at Banquet Cinema Pub. It's going to be Super awesome. All ages are welcome. So if I know that we've had, you know, high school aged people that want to come to the to our stuff that haven't been able to in the past, you can come. So it'll be fun. So how do you think your youngest fan is? Like not related to you? Do you um, think there's like do do little kids listen to podcasts? <laughs> like how like like five year olds? <laughs> no, like are there like middle schoolers who listen to podcasts? I don't really know. Um that's a good question. I don't well, think I have a way. Uh, tweet of it, tweet at us, ten year olds. Let us let know. us know. I that would be a really interesting thing. How, <laughs> how young is our youngest fan on Twitter that's listening right now? Just let and us, old. I want to find out oldest too. Yeah, youngest, oldest. Let us know on Twitter. <laughs> send us your age <laughs> at Al Baby Cakes. Just send us a number. That's your age. <laughs> that would be super great. Uh, so one more thing that Woj said. Okay. 
that isn't that again isn't that surprising but when Woj said it sounds interesting is they got to the fourth pick which is the Lakers yeah and they they uh whoever picked like DeAndre Hunter and Woj basically said like if the Lakers make this pick, their offseason was a failure. Like, he didn't say that exactly, but that's yeah. basically what he said. And the reason was he said they are not a front runner or even really a major consideration among any of the elite free agents. Wow. Now, who knows if that includes guys like a Jimmy Butler? You know, maybe he's just talking about. You would Kyrie. think like, he's a major free agent. But the fact that he would say that, I mean, because what we've heard about Kyrie is like it's Brooklyn or LA. Yeah. So I wonder if he's heard something there, like if he's just really sure about Kyrie going to Brooklyn. Yeah. But I just think that if you're a Lakers fan and basically knowing you have this deadline of next Thursday <laughs> and they're like things aren't really looking good beyond there if you make that pick. Yeah. Like yeah, I mean, it's a failure if they if they like go into the season with DeAndre Hunter on their roster. Right. Oh boy. And DeAndre Hunter might end up being a great player. I mean, we we think we know like what these guys are going to be like, but like no one has any clue, uh, you know what what any of these guys are going to be like. So, I mean, is there is there anybody that you like at twenty one? Let's say the Thunder do keep their pick, which seems it feels very 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 unlikely. But let's right. say they do. Is there somebody that you like at that spot? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I I this has been one of the weirdest draft. I am like not into this draft at all. Even listening to them describe these guys, and of course, like they they should be trying to hype up these guys to get me interested yeah. in watching the draft. Like none of them really. Like I the Tyler Hero, yeah, he, he kind of gets me a little excited. They're like, uh, I think one of them compared him to Devin Booker, so. You know, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, I like the sound a, of that. A reach. <laughs> they said he had a better all-around game than Devin Booker coming out of Kentucky. Okay. Um, but no, that, that one guy uh, that you guys like, the three-name guy? Yeah, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, yeah. Yeah, so Mike Schmidt said that he thought he was going to be a steal of the draft, so, you know, I guess that's a smart person saying something, so I'll, <laughs> I'll listen to that. <laughs> but no, I don't know any of these guys. I usually, in most years, there'll be a guy that I just kind of latch on to, mm-hmm. and I get. And I don't know if it's because the Thunder might not use their pick on someone. Yeah, but but just, I'm not feeling any of these guys. Yeah, it seems like there's going to be some kind of trade, and I don't know if it's like trading back into the second round and getting an asset and then they can take somebody at like 35 or something like that. I don't know. I'm just, I I think that there are a lot of things on the table and it's like, there, I think there's Thunder players that will likely be involved in the trade too. I don't think that it's just the 21st pick. I think that there's, there's a lot at play here, you know, outside of Russell Westbrook and Paul George. I, I don't think that you can or should be surprised if any of those guys are included in a deal yeah the the type of uh, guy i like is when someone like dealt with a probably minor injury for their whole college career like they were talking about kevin porter yeah and they were like yeah he's been dealing with a bum thumb this whole year <laughs> i was like oh well that's kind of cool if they fix his thumb maybe he'll be even better i like those type of guys where he also there's got this, suspended 
Right? Yeah, don't worry see. about that. They they <laughs> they did say that he needs to go to a good culture, and I didn't know what that meant, but yeah. I, I had a feeling it was something like that. Yeah, that's a that's a nice way of saying like he's he's done some stupid stuff. Uh, the guy that you should be. The injury guy that's falling to that's he'll be a second round pick. Chuma Okiki should be your guy. Chuma Okiki, where is he from? He played at Auburn. He played in the tournament. He was awesome. He's a six eight wing. He's a three four kind of combo wing. That's really skilled. He can shoot it, uh, and he tore his ACL. So uh, he tore his ACL. Okay. How how recently? In March. Okay. So he could play in January, February. But he probably, I mean, you're not going to play a second round rookie in January, February anyways, probably. But he's Andrew, in- we have breaking news. What is it? <laughs> uh, Rich Paul. He, he was somewhere and he commented on the idea of the Celtics trading for Anthony Davis. Uh-huh. So this is his agent. His agent said the Celtics can trade for him, but it'll be for one year. In the event that he decides to walk away and you gave away assets, don't blame Rich Paul. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's like, don't do this, Celtics. Wow. I can't believe where the Celtics are now compared to what we thought of them last, you know, going into it's last season. Crazy. It is crazy how quick it went. I mean, who knows? Something could happen this summer. They could still come out looking really good. Yeah. But where it sits now. Wow. <laughs> It's so crazy. Like, they should be, and it just feels like such a downer, but they've got three first-round picks. You know, like, this should be, like, celebration. They should be using these picks as a part of an Anthony Davis package. They should be, you know, at least using them to go get better somehow. But now it feels like they're just kind of frozen, and they're going to lose the assets that they got for, you know, they gave away for Kyrie. Kyrie, it seems like he's going to be gone. Like, are you going to re-sign Terry Rozier? You know, like, what's... I just don't I just don't know where they go from here. I mean, to me, I would just rebuild. Like, I would take somebody with a 14th pick. You know, if you feel like you can get somebody at 20 that can play, awesome. I would try to maybe trade that 22nd pick. And they've got second-round picks, too. I think they just have one, yeah. Like try to package those and kick the can down the road and get a first round pick later on, maybe. Um, but like they're just kind of a a good. It'll be good, but they'll be still building for maybe to be really competitive in like four years, you know. And you got to give props to the Kings for the role they played in this disappointing summer. Because remember preseason. Like I think we both locked the Kings under. Yeah, that's thinking so Thinking they would be the worst team. And imagine if the Celtics were the same exact situation, but were going into this. Let's not even say they, they were going to get Zion, but if they had like the second or third pick. Yeah. How much that would change how we think about them. Right. I mean, like right now, like, like yeah, they could have had R.J. Barrett on that team. Or they could have DeAndre Hunter or John Morant. Like, if, like Kyrie's leaving, John Morant comes in. And the, and you basically just reset it with all these young guys. Yeah, like, that would be pretty cool. And like now, like at fourteen, this this draft doesn't have very many good point guards. Um, there's hardly any point guards in the first round. Actually, it's really just a lot of forwards. There's a lot of big guys. Um, there's some shooting guards. Like who are you going to get at fourteen? I mean, it's just 
it's it's kind of crazy how how things change quickly for them. Uh, talking about the Celtics trading up, the only other thing that Woj mentioned that I thought was interesting, which you probably have already heard this, but that he basically said multiple times that there's no way that Atlanta makes all three of their picks, which yeah. they have 8, 10, and 17. And he said that they are trying to get as high as number five, which is the Cavs, to take Garland or DeAndre Hunter. Interesting. And I don't know enough, but so is Garland, you could play him with Trey Young. He's not like a... I don't know why they would take Darius Garland, to be honest. Oh, okay. He's six foot two. He's super skinny. He weighs 175 pounds. Huh. Like, <laughs> that that <laughs> I don't get at all, unless they just think that it's good value. I have no idea. That makes no sense to me. There's enough wings. Okay. Like, I would, like Jared Culver is awesome. He could play next to... Trey Young, he can defend and he can oh, score. He's six six. Jarrett Culver, the guy that two people last night on the show compared to Jeremy Lamb. Oh, really? Yeah, got me really hyped for this draft. <laughs> like, oh, you could get Jeremy Lamb at number five. Awesome. <laughs> That's this draft. I'll tell you this: it's disappointing after four. Like everybody after four is like, eh. You know, like if you're picking, like if you're Chicago, Atlanta, Washington. You know, at at seven, eight, nine, like those are awful picks. Those are really like genuinely bad top ten picks. So, who do you consider in that top four other than the top three? Who's your fourth? I honestly like Jared Culver. I think he's going to be better than Jeremy Lamb. I think that he's, I, <laughs> he's, he's good. I think he's going to be super good. Yeah, watch out. Uh, I think he's going to be a lot better than Jeremy Lamb. Um, but like, real honestly, it's the top two guys. Like, I'm not a huge RJ Barrett guy. I some people really like him. He's he's got to be in the right situation. Um, I like Culver, and then after that, it's. I mean, who knows? Who knows what you're getting from any of those guys? But I think the draft does get good for role players, like te- teams in like 15 through 30 that are looking for role players that are playoff teams. Like, I think it's a good draft for that. I think there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to be role players in the league. But as far as it being, this is why people say it's a bad draft, is that outside of the top two, it's like you could draft a role. You could be drafting a role player at six, you know, that may right. not be that much better than the guy that's taken at 26. Yeah, but, I was just thinking, like, there's always someone from the late lottery that that comes out. Yeah. And I was just I was on basketball reference just going back through and then I came to 2016. Listen to these 8 through 14. Marquise Chris, oh. Jakob Pertl, Thon McCurr, Sabonis, who's like the one player that you get excited about. Yeah. Then Tarin Prince, uh Papianis and Denzel Valentine. So oh, maybe it's not a guarantee, but if I know you said it drops off, but if you picked one guy like in the second half of the lottery, who who do you think would most likely be the guy to come out of there and be good? Oh, I think Rui Hachimura has a chance to be a really good player. Okay. Um, also a Gonzaga guy. Um, I don't know what to think about Cam Reddish. He scares the crap out of me. Shot 33% from three in college. Oh, those are the guys I love. I love when you can say, like, 
well, there's so many other guys on his team. You know, he's finally going to get to break out and <laughs> he's be the one main of those, guy. He's definitely one of those guys. Rui's, yeah. Rui would probably be the guy that I would pick as the guy that's going to – that I would probably want. That I'm like, yeah, he has a skill. Like he can really score the basketball. And he's a super smart player. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, like I don't know why if you're Miami, why you wouldn't take him. Or if you're Charlotte, like why wouldn't you take him? Like why would you take – like Jackson Hayes is, is thought of to be a lottery pick, six eleven center from Texas. <laughs> yeah, I watched I watched him get picked. I had never heard of his name before, and yeah. instantly I was like, "Oh no, 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 <laughs> no! I wouldn't take him." I know. There's a lot of these guys. Like, first of all, I, I just don't. Unless you think they're going to be a star, why are you taking a center in the top ten? Yeah, you know. Like Bruno Fernando, like why are you taking him? Like I like um, Fiondo Cavangeli. Like I think he's, I think he's gonna be good. Why would you take him in the lottery? Like I just, he, he can't pass. Like he didn't pass at Florida State. He just didn't. Like he's a play finisher. Like that's that would not be the guy that I want. Like I w- would want an impact player, and he can be an impact player to a degree. But if you don't have good players around him, like he's really not. Like if you're Charlotte, like don't take him. <laughs> Like, don't do it. If you're going to yeah. lose Kimba Walker, like, why would you take him? Like, that's where I'm like, Alexander Walker might be awesome in Charlotte. Like, take take him. Like, he can he can do a little bit of everything. And, you know, like, don't mess like don't mess around with Bull Bull. Don't mess around with all these big guys. Like, but I don't know, man. Like, Kobe White in, like, a normal draft that's good. Like, he, I don't know if he's a lottery pick. Like, I, <laughs> I mean, there's just... It's it's a it's a weird draft, um, but I think if you're in the twenties and you want to take a player, I think it's a good draft because uh, there's just a lot of there's a lot of depth to the draft. There's a lot of guys that are going to play. There's going to be second rounders that work out. Um, that'll are play you trying to year. are you trying to increase the value of the Thunder's draft pick right now? <laughs> That's all I'm trying to do. No, oh, I, the, <laughs> the other GM, GMs are listening to Down to Dunk right now. Going, hmm. I do genuinely believe that in the that it will be a lot like 2017 in the 20s where like there will be five or six guys from 20 to 30 that will be like oh like that's a good player like that can that and some of them will be starters like I I believe it I think that there's it's that kind of draft where it's like there's not like Zion yes get excited John Morant sure Everybody else, like they're none of them are going to be franchise changing, and that's where this draft is leaves a lot to be desired. I still haven't recovered from McKelle doing the comparison between Ja Morant and Campaign. <laughs> I was like that. That was the like final nail in the coffin for this draft for me. When I heard him give those stats, I was like, okay, all right, I am not investing in this draft. Yeah, Jaws. He's he's crazy, crazy athletic. He he scored a lot at Murray State, and he's got good vision. I think he'll. I think he's going to be a good player. But yeah, the stats are a little bit scary. Um, but who know? Like who knows? I think the only sure thing in the draft is Zion. Right. Like that's that's honestly that's it. And then I think that you'll get good role players. 
And there's a, it's a disappointing draft. If you're a lottery pit or if you're a lottery team and you've been tanking all season, if you're Cleveland or Phoenix or Chicago, um, you know, Washington, how the, their season went, Charlotte, how their season went, like this is, a, it's a, it's an awful, awful draft to be in that place. Um, before we leave, we should, we haven't even talked about the most important thunder story of the week, Andrew. Yeah, Paul George's second surgery? Nope, but we can, yes, he had it. It was yeah. successful. <laughs> Success! Yes! Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it was expected. So, like, it was, they had to, you have to wait between surgeries. They're not going to do, you know, double shoulder surgery on him. Um, so they have, you have to wait a certain amount of time in between them, and they did that. And he's, it's on the same, he's got the same timeline. He's got the same you know, whatever, you know, he, I'm skeptical that he'll start the season, but we'll see. That That's not the biggest story though, Andrew. Okay. The biggest story is the thunder are flipping their uniforms. Oh my goodness. Sam Presti's off his rocker. This is crazy. How what could they? Think, why, what do you, I can't even come up with a reason why, like who would even bring that up in a meeting? I would feel like an idiot if I brought that up in a meeting. <laughs> hey, guys, I have this idea. <laughs> what if we took the white jerseys we have and the blue ones and we switched uh-huh. the the alphabetic letters? Like, what's the point? What are we doing? Can you can you can you come up with any reason? Is there any reason? No. You could think to do this. Maybe it's to like shove it in the fans' face, so like you're stuck with this crap for even longer. Oh, you, you think, think they're it's they're directly punishing us? Yes, it's like in your face, fans. You want to <laughs> losers? You, you, you want us to have a complete rebrand? We'll do a rebrand. I'll show you rebrand. We're gonna switch. <laughs> We're gonna switch Oklahoma City and Thunder onto different jerseys. I also always thought the the one redeeming factor of the the white jerseys was like thunder kind of just fit on there like i like the size of it i like i know i actually don't mind the white jerseys and i I, I think one of the reasons i didn't like the blue jerseys is because the oklahoma city is just so squished like there's just a lot there yeah there's there's a lot of letters and And so now they're gonna ruin the white jersey and then i'm probably still not gonna like the blue jersey the blue jersey is gonna look like a summer league jersey now for some reason yeah I, yep. Whatever. <laughs> I I heard that they were going to do something different. I was like, oh, good, 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 good. And like, here's the thing: they found something oh. good with just OKC, just putting OKC on the jersey. You know, everybody they, calls they them did. OKC yeah. anyways. You know, they, they finally solved that riddle. <laughs> it, only, <laughs> it only took them a decade. It's and they look good. And like, if you're going to change anything, like, just put OKC across the blue jersey. You know, you don't yeah. have to write Oklahoma City. Like, they're not going to confuse it with all the other OKCs in the NBA. You know, I mean, what's the? I don't know. It's stupid. So, are you saying that you got inside information that like you knew something was coming? No, 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 no. I mean, there were just oh, like, okay. like murmurs online. Because I would love for you to gotten inside information, and then this was the change. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, and it's probably Nike that's just like, "Hey, 
We want to sell some more jerseys because there's there was there's been some tweets. There was one from a, a Blazers account that was like, "Oh, how the mighty have fallen." Russell Westbrook's jersey is on clearance here at Dick's Sporting Goods. You know, yeah, <laughs> that was so weird. Like, was like as <laughs> as if that's how it works. Like players' value drops, like as their as a literal basketball player, and then their jersey <laughs> drops along with it. Yeah, like I mean, Russell was in top top ten in jersey sales this past season. You know. Like that's, hey, he had a poor shoot, true shooting percentage, so we're knocking it off by 42%. <laughs> right. Bad attitude. Put that guy on clearance. Uh, it's crazy. But anyways, it's because they're doing away with those jerseys and making the most unnecessary change in NBA jersey history. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, Alex, you got anything else? Uh, guess where I'm spending draft week. Where? In the Hamptons. Is that true? Hamptons 5. Oh, no. Alec, yes. no, no. I'm joining the Warriors. No. No. Uh, yeah, I, I've never been. My <laughs> my <laughs> my sister-in-law and brother-in-law are renting a house and invited us. Oh, nice. Very sweet of them. That'll be fun. Hey, I went to a rodeo last weekend. What? Yeah, we have rodeos in Oregon. In Portland? It was so weird, man. It was like going back to Oklahoma. Yeah. Like. Like back when I growing up and going to the Lazy E Arena, it was right. actually an, it was an outdoor rodeo in Sisters, Oregon. Wow! They, they call it Sisters because there's three mountains there, and they're all sisters. <laughs> they're all related, and uh, it's called the biggest little show in the world. Wow! And everyone's wearing cowboy hats and stuff. My wife bought me a belt buckle, no, a, a large one that said S, a cowboy hat that did not fit, and a flannel shirt and i refuse to wear it and i'm oh. so glad i did because i would have gotten beat My up goodness you've got they, to you've got to put it on and take a picture for us to all see please please dude, please I, I already sent it back no dude, they, they hate city slickers they hate <laughs> them i was so scared you would not believe it. This guy went out. They did like a game, you know, like someone comes out and they like guess the the songs from TV shows. Yeah. And this guy said he was from Portland, and there was a chorus of booze. Wow. That was all he had said. So I tried to be as like country as I could, you know. Like they played uh, uh, "Friends in Low Places," and oh, so yeah. I sang. I sang along to that. The most embarrassing thing that happened, though, was that there was a Crown Royal tent, okay? Okay. And obviously, it was super patriotic. Like, the 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 guy, the announcer, went on and on about the flag for, like, three minutes before we even got to the national anthem. He was just describing the flag. He, he was just very into it. We did, a, we did a prayer. I go to the Crown Royal tent, and there's just a stack of gummies. Oh. Just bags of gummies, Okay. And it's, it looks like a promotional tent, so, and there's, like, girls and Crown Royal stuff, whatever. Yeah. So I walk up. I'd had a few beers. I walked up and just <laughs> grab a handful of gummies, okay? <laughs> Reach my hand in. One of the girls goes, sir, sir, uh, we're actually uh, making care packages for the troops overseas. Oh. I was like, oh. <laughs> and she handed me a Crown Royal bag. She's like, why don't you put those in the bag right there, and then you can go over here and write a little note to the troops and tell them how much you appreciate them. <laughs> I've, like, never been more humiliated in my life. Oh, that's it was brutal. Amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. 
But overall, pretty good time at the Red Cup. You're trying to steal gummies from the troops, man. I know. I know I'm a traitor against my country. Wow. You deserve to go to the Hamptons now. Now that I've heard all this, like you should go to the Hamptons. At first, oh I did my not God. want you to do that. But now, please, go. If they, if they find out in Sisters, Oregon, that I went to the Hamptons, they're going to know I'm such a big city slicker. Right. <laughs> yeah, you cannot say that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. Follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. Uh, follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Please join us at our NBA draft party next Thursday night, June 20th at 6 o'clock. It's going to be super great at Banquet Cinema Pub. Uh, You guys have a great Wednesday, and we'll talk to you guys again on Friday morning.